is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to the Magellan Show. This is Magellan. I want to thank you for being a part of our broadcast this morning. It is the fifth day of November 2015. I hope you're having a good Thursday, and we are glad that we can join you as you make your way to work, as you are doing things around the house, taking care of your kids, whatever it may be. Uh, We're glad that you are part of our broadcast. This is a worldwide broadcast coming to you across the United States, Canada, and around the world. We are live through Blog Talk Radio, and you can catch us through a variety of, of sources. Our website is www.magellanshow.com. We're also on Twitter at Real Magellan. Our email address, contact at magellanshow.com. iTunes carries us, so if you want to find us on iTunes, you can certainly do that. Uh, it's the playback, and so this is a live broadcast here, but if you want to listen on the playback through iTunes, if, if you've downloaded the iTunes app, you can subscribe. Uh, very easy to do. Just type in the keywords Magellan Show. You'll find us there. We're also on a variety of other websites as well, uh, including iqdcalls.com, uh, just to name a few, podbay.fm and others. So that's how you can listen to us. Uh, our playback number is 712-775-7039. The access code is 327-756-POUND. But for those of you that are listening live, and if you want to tell a friend, say, hey, you know, the Magellan Show is broadcasting live right now, then just have them call in. They can listen live on the Internet, of course, but they can also call in by phone if it's more convenient at the, uh, 646-929-0709. 646-929-0709, and you can listen in live that way. And if you want to get involved uh, and ask a question, make a comment, you just press 1 to get in the queue, and if we have time, we'll work you in. So that's how all that works. And we've got a lot of news to cover today, as we always tend to do. So much to... Uh, just just to talk about and to cover. Uh, our news can be found on our website, MagellanShow.com. It's also uh, going through our Twitter feed at, as well, at Real Magellan. Got a lot of folks listening right now. Uh, it's a, it's a, almost a full house, but you can still listen in and, uh, and work yourself in at 646-929-0709. So let's just get into it right now and see what is happening so much to, uh, like I said earlier, to uh, to talk about the presidential elections, and that really is heating up. Not good news for Hillary Clinton, though. If I were Hillary Clinton, I would not be feeling good about where this uh, election is going because there was a poll done uh, yesterday, I believe it was, or possibly the day before, but they talked about it a lot uh, at great length yesterday on how virtually every Republican, if the election were held today, would beat her. Like, like by large numbers. Uh, some not so large, but some by very large numbers. Now, what does this say? Because, honestly, I believe that this is not just about uh, fears of Hillary Clinton. You know, everybody likes to uh, talk about Hillary. And, I mean, she's one of those candidates that people like to criticize, right? You know, uh, but the thing is, is that many people know that electing Hillary Clinton would be a continuation of the Obama administration. It truly would, you know. Uh, And I think that that's important because the policies, now I know she would like to say, well, we have our own, uh, even though we have... uh, the the major things in common, we have some differences here and there. I don't think so. I really don't. I think that you will you would see basically a, a an Obama third term uh, if you elect Hillary Clinton. 
Now, if you were to elect Bernie Sanders, which I don't think he's going to get the nomination, but if you were to elect Bernie Sanders, that's a totally that's a totally different animal there. And truly, I mean, you you have a a, a dem- the fact that that a democratic socialist is getting even that much percentage uh, in the polls is quite telling, and, and it really says something about our country. And you see, the thing to remember is that uh, on the surface, socialism always, always can seem appealing if it's presented in a in a package that uh, is uh, is palatable. And it usually is palatable to the people. I mean, when you hear that you're going to get all these things, but remember, what usually causes folks to want to gravitate towards socialism? It's crony capitalism. It's capitalism that, that has been abused and does not work. So they say, well, we'll go over here and we'll see what these socialists... You know, I can't just criticize Bernie Sanders. I mean, he does. there's a couple things that he, I mean, that he has gotten right. But overall, though, I mean... This is a man that 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 on his honeymoon could have gone a lot of places. He went to the Soviet Union on his honeymoon. Okay, so that's the kind of guy that that folks are are cheering over. But don't don't paint Hillary into a saint either. I mean, this is this is a uh, a candidate and a politician that for uh, even back as early as when. Uh, her husband was governor of, of, of Arkansas. Would would proudly wear, you know, the 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 the, the communist, a proud communist party member. So you know, you and, and I know that was in, in in her early years. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't think that you know, even if you don't vote for Bernie, and you know, you just like some of the democratic ideas. See, here's the thing. Many years ago, there weren't that many differences between the two parties. Let's face it. And, and folks, for those of you that are just joining us, this is the Magellan Show. We talk about a lot of things here from, from health to, uh, to, to politics around the world, freedoms, liberty, uh, currencies, you name it, we're talking about it. So stay tuned because if you don't like what we're talking about, we'll be switching to a lot of different topics today. So to sit right where you're at. But to carry on with this thought about these political parties here, and, and I'm not here to saint the Republican Party. I'm not, you know. Uh, and I hope, you know, because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we can have a tendency to do that if we tend to vote Republican. I call it the lesser of the two evils. Seriously. And sometimes, you know, we have we have to be bold and say, okay, we're going to take issue. I'll give you an example. I think that the that the uh, Iraq War was a mistake originally. Clarify that originally. But once they went in, once they went into Iraq, I believe that the pullout, the abrupt pullout by President Obama, was a mistake. Because when that happened, and then he said that this would happen, that you would have insurgencies. And that is what we've seen. And probably, had they not pulled out and, they, and, and that they had been able to stabilize the Iraqi government by having a stronger, a stronger military presence there, less lives would have been lost in the hands of of these insurgents, including Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And perhaps we would have already seen that which many of us have been waiting for, which is uh, some reform in the currency and in the economy of Iraq. Truly. That's the way I see it. Because there are many that are invested in Iraq. I mean, on a grand scale. I mean, from... uh, from the exploration of petroleum to uh, precious metals, you name it, and some are 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 just simply saying, "Hey, I'm just going to invest in the currency." Period, as they would other currencies. But 
but everything has been i mean like if you look now at the uh, at the iqd uh based upon the the central bank's website which is the most reliable source you should not go to any other source but that in my opinion because it's the last word uh you'll see that it is still it's still holding where it's at you know it, it's not uh it's not really going up or, or going down right now but it it's it's showing strength uh, despite all of the challenges within the within the country so that speaks well for Iraq's currency, the dinar. But I'm just saying that I think they could have done better, a lot better, had they maintained a military presence. And say I'm looking here at, at, at today's rates on this fifth day of November, and we are at 11.66 to the U.S. dollar, 12.75 to the euro. Uh, 1797 to the British pound, and so on. But they're going to see that, you know, that, that they're going to have to, they're going to have to maintain and and strengthen. So, so what has happened? What has happened now? So, so Russia is getting a, and I know I'm kind of veering from presidential politics into, uh, you know, geopolitics and, and looking at things abroad, but. Russia is saying, hey, we're, we want to have a more dominant presence in the Middle East. Vladimir Putin has made that abundantly clear. And, you know, there was kind of a, a, a gap, if you will, when it came to Syria, because we really weren't doing much in that regard. We talk about it. We've been talking about it for the last two years or so. You know, what are we going to do in Syria? And my heart goes out to the people that have truly suffered as a result of the uh, uh, of, of the chaos over there. I mean, there are, are actually martyrs, those that have died for the cause of Christ. I mean, that that's big. But but Putin from Russia has said, you know, we want to have a dominant presence. But is it stopping at Syria? Uh, no, it's not stopping at Syria. We know now that Dr. Haider al-Abadi, the the Prime Minister of Iraq has given Vladimir Putin, the 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 president and leader of of Russia, an invitation. An invitation to come into Iraq and to help stabilize his country. Well look at it. What what did what did Abadi say? He he said in so many words, the United States has left us. And we have all kinds of of calamity here. I mean, can you imagine living in a, in a country that, okay, so here you are, you're living in a country under the dictates of Saddam Hussein, tyrannical in many respects, but at least there were no terrorist attacks. Really, and then and then that that suddenly changes, and now you're in war, and many of these uh, and many of the young people that are now you know teenagers now that's all they've known is war in Iraq. I mean, can you imagine that? You know, if you had to deal with that, or your children had to deal with that, and so you get a new government, and you get a, a you know good leadership or relatively good leadership, but then you have an insurgency because they they taken advantage of a country that is not well-established militarily because we didn't apparently get the full job done. You know, we left Iraq, but yet think about World War II and look at the other countries abroad. I mean, we still have, we still have a military presence in Japan. So I think they're okay now. I mean, Japan is one of the safest countries in the world. You know, and, and has a very strong law against uh, uh, radical Islam, more than just about any other country in the world. It's a safe society, but but here, you know, we're, we still have a presence there, but yet our presence in Iraq just—I mean, think about. It. I mean, we have we have uh, we have bases in in in, in Germany and all over the world. 
They always said, we're getting out. We're just, we're bailing. And they, the terrorists knew that. And that's one of the problems. Some people ask me, what's the problem? Uh, What's the problem with Iraq at this moment? You can imagine I get a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls and a lot of people ask me the question, do you think things are going to change economically in Iraq, currency-wise, and, and, and so forth? And I'm like, well, the fact that, that things have remained stable economically shows you that Iraq's wealth has not changed and that Iraq is, is the same Iraq it's always been in that respect, but that they are going through That they're going through, uh, you know, they're going through hell over there. And I don't use that word lightly. But I'm saying that because if you think about it, there are those in Iraq that have, that have you know, because there, there are Syrian Christians over there. There, there, are, there are Christians in Iraq, not as many as there were, that have given their very lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. In other words, they said, we will not deny our Lord. And there are those that were, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, regular execution like you would have here in this country. We're talking about being beheaded. I mean, these are the kinds of things that that only those in, you know, in, in you know, during the time of, of maybe the, the the Spanish Inquisition, or even go back to the, the days of the Bible in the early church, John the Baptist, etc. I mean, true commitment for the Lord Jesus Christ. True commitment. But this is what happens when you go into a country, if you elect to go into a country, and then you abandon that country. So that's what has happened. So what will be the policy of Iraq moving forward? Well, you know, in about a year, we're going to have another administration in the United States. And likely that will be a Republican administration. I I have no doubt. Well, I shouldn't say I should be that. (laughs) I shouldn't sound that confident. You don't know. We don't know for sure. I've said in the past on this broadcast, you know, that it's likely that Hillary Clinton could win. I mean, the Clinton machine is pretty powerful. So don't don't get overly confident. I'm reminding myself of that. But here's the thing. You know, it's not going to be all glorious, no matter uh, even if your party wants, uh, ends up winning. But by the time that happens, my friends, we could see Russia really come in and and really come and demonstrate that that dominance in the Middle East. Now, look, will they take out ISIS in the process? Likely, yeah. I, I believe they. I believe they will. I. I, I know some uh, on the right. You know, some conservatives say, "Oh no, that's not what Vladimir Putin's wanting to do." I think they will take out ISIS, and I think they'll do it well. Look, this this tragedy that took place well, on Sunday when the Russian airliner went down. Uh, flying over Egypt, ISIS is taking responsibility for that. And, uh, you know, other airlines were warned, you know, not to fly too low over Egypt. Uh, It's unfortunate that that Russia did not get that memo. But, yeah, this is obviously retaliation for, for their presence in Syria and elsewhere in the Middle East. Uh, Russia has strong ties with Iran strong ties with Syria. And yes, it's better to have a more stable government. Look, when you look at, at say, Assad, who is the, the president of, uh, of Syria, though he has not the greatest record, you know, it would be better to have him in power than to have this insurgency where people are being killed and beheaded. But I'm not saying that's the best answer either. Saddam Hussein wasn't the best answer for Iraq. Uh, you know, we know that. But there weren't beheadings and there, there wasn't terrorism at that point either. So, so, so you know what, what I'm 
what I'm getting at is this. Russia may very well get rid of, of the of the worst of the worst, but that doesn't mean that they're going to push for the best of the best either. You know, sometimes folks will sacrifice a lot for just to have a just to have a little bit of security. Even if it means putting up with an Assad like figure of Syria or a Saddam like figure in Iraq. But Russia will continue its dominance. Now here's the thing. This is the problem. Iran has made us, and, and I didn't know I was going to talk so much about this today, but I don't know, so be it. We'll talk about some other things, too, as, as, the, as the show progresses. But I want you to listen to this because I, I really spend a lot of time trying to study these things. Here's the problem. Iran has mocked us as a country, but yet Russia has shown a great deal of, of loyalty to Iran, and Iran, uh, the same to Russia, shows Russia a great deal of respect. The Ayatollah was trying to backpedal a little bit uh, this week, you know, because they, they're the ones who, who chant death to America. I mean, can you imagine giving somebody uh, thousands of dollars, maybe millions if you had it, and after you do that, they mock you, they demean you, they wish evil upon you, uh, they want to kill you. I mean, come on. This is what has happened. We've got this Iran deal where we have given them, what, some hundred and fifty pledge like $150 billion plus we've said, okay, you can continue your, your, your uh, uh, uranium enrichment program, a.k.a. nuclear program, <laughs> and we'll give you all the, all the time you need. Like, we won't go in uh, uh, unannounced, we'll give you like maybe a couple of days or maybe more, uh, uh, several days in fact. And then the, their way of saying thank you is death to America. And then the Ayatollah uh, tries to back it, you know, because he realizes that he's in a bit of a squeeze and he says, well, I didn't mean, you know, literal death to America. What I meant was is to some of the ideas, some of your so-called uh, ideas that we deem to be oppressive. Oh, yeah. We get what you're saying, and we know what you really meant, Ayatollah. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. But Russia, even though that they are taking steps to, to stabilize the Middle East, which will be good for Iraq, my friend, I believe it will. If, if you're curious about that, I believe it will be very good for Iraq. It will stabilize Iraq. But the problem is, of course, uh, what happens then? Because... Uh, you know, as much as we've done good, that this I shouldn't say we, as much as this administration has, has done good things for Iran, I don't think you're going to see, uh, I don't think you're going to see them reciprocating. They're not doing it even now. But then you have the fact that we have allies in the, uh, in the Middle East, like, like Israel, for example, and things are getting more tense over there all the time uh, between the Israelis and the Palestinians. I mean, it's of biblical proportions. Very tense there. Iran detests Israel and us too, the United States of America. But Russia has said, you know, we will ally with you, Iran. We will ally with you, Syria. And our relationship with Russia is kind of shaky at best. And I'm not here to place all the blame on Russia because I think we could have done a little better ourselves. There was a time even after the Cold War that we had a stronger relationship with Russia. Back when uh, Boris Yeltsin was uh, the president of Russia, remember him? This, he was between um, Gorbachev and uh, he was after Gorbachev but before uh, Vladimir Putin. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done around the world. And is all this going to get fixed? You know, and we haven't even begun to talk about China. I don't even think I'm going to go into China today. You know, what's going on with the Spratly Islands? But the Middle East is, is changing. Uh, I think you're going to see some good come from, from this uh, Russian initiative, and you're also going to see some bad, too. And ultimately, I believe, and, and when I say good and bad, I'm referring to 
the economic uh, the economic process within the Middle East, within Iraq, uh, referring to the currency and, and other things too. Uh, Iraq has needed a stabilization more than anything else. They'll get it. But in the long run, in the long run scheme of things, this is where things get a bit dicey because Russia's allies are enemies of Israel and also the United States. So you can look at that and take you know take what you want from it, but that's just the real issue. I'm just telling you like it is. So, uh, you know, a new president is not going to make everything great again, and uh, especially considering the fact that we've got a year to go. You can do a whole lot of good and you can do a whole lot of bad in a year's time. And that is that is a fact. But we still have to be proactive. We still have to be positive. We still have to do the things that God has called us to do. We need to be involved in the political process. I believe that. I don't believe that, that politics is the answer. I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. But that doesn't mean that we can't get out and vote. We should. And if Christians would get more active in the political process, you would never have a liberal voted into office. Never, ever, ever. Most of us gripe about, I, I've talked with people and that have, that have griped about, you know, the way things are going in this country, and I ask them the question, well, did you vote? And sometimes the answer is yes. But sometimes the answer is, well, no, my vote wouldn't do any good. And I understand that sense of, of frustration. I have felt it before. I have. And I have not voted in every uh, small election. I've been, I have voted in every single presidential election since uh, I was old enough to, to, to vote. But I haven't voted in every small election. And I do want to say that even those matter. They do. You need to, to know who your representatives are in Congress because that's an important process as well. You know, there are three branches of government. Now, uh, sadly, this current administration has placed less emphasis on the legislative branch of government, known as our Congress, and has attempted to bypass the Congress through uh, the liberal judicial branch, known as the Supreme Court. You know? And... Uh, so we got to do what we got to do. All right, MagellanShow.com, looking at some articles today. Uh, financial news, uh, what's going on here? Uh, looks like Bitcoin is uh, going up a bit, according to uh, the Financial Times. Let's see if we can get a, a readout on where Bitcoin is at. It's really the main cryptocurrency right now. There are others and some that might be, uh, but Bitcoin is almost at $400. 392.8 um, I've got a friend that, that got repositioned in Bitcoin uh, back when it was in, in, the, in the low 200 range when it bottomed out. I guess I should have bought a few <laughs> as well. <laughs> almost 400 almost 400 well, see, the thing about Bitcoin, you got to understand, it's a cryptocurrency. It's not a central bank. Our, the big problem with, with, with most of the countries of the world is that they're controlled by centralized banking systems. It's true. And, and, and that's why you have seen, that's why your dollar doesn't go as far as, say, uh, 30 years ago or 40 years ago. It just doesn't. It's not tied to gold. It's not tied to anything. It's tied to the Federal Reserve System, which is not even controlled by the Federal, which is not even a, a federal institution. You can look that one up. But, but I mean, ETC, Bitcoin, it is, it is a mover today. And uh, why is that? Well, let's look at, at the story here. Uh, Bitcoin surges as Chinese flock to Russian foster site. Um, So apparently, the Chinese are uh, wanting to to get into Bitcoin. 
But here's the thing. Um, it looks like that, uh, well, actually, Bitcoin had, had gone up to $490 on Wednesday. But part of that was due to the fact that the Chinese were running to that currency, but they had gotten they got into a site that uh, was controlled by uh, a Russian, and it wasn't a legitimate site. And kind of like a, uh, what happened in Japan with Mt. Gox. So I'm sure some of the Chinese are are upset right now about that. But be that as, as it may, uh, Bitcoin is still a uh, still a, a strong currency, a strong cryptocurrency. And I think the thing is, is that Bitcoin will not truly break out because, I mean, I think Bitcoin could, could go a lot further. But I think in order for Bitcoin to really break out into some high numbers, we're going to have to see greater security. This is one of the problems, you know, the story coming out, uh, you know, about an exchange in Russia not being legitimate. There was another one in Japan. Uh, it's going to have to have, I mean, yes, it's good that it's not tied to central banking systems. True, but it's going to have to have a certain degree of of, uh, of stability uh, within the exchanges. And there are some good exchanges, you know, uh, that, that do exist, uh, many here in the United States and elsewhere. But interesting story. We'll be watching that one, following that one very closely. Uh, China is hoping, is hoping to uh, enter into the uh, into the aircraft market, specifically passenger commercial passenger aircraft, and they are developing a new airline or a new aircraft that would be sold to various airlines. Uh, it's not coming out immediately, but it would be similar to the Airbus A320 or the Boeing 737. It's called the C919, and uh, but there are some delays. It was going to uh, get off the ground, so to speak, uh, next year, but it looks like it's not going to enter into service until around 2019. So we've still got about another three years or so before uh, that that whole thing takes flight. Uh, interesting story there uh, in aviation news. This is the Magellan Show. Our live number is 646-929-0709. We are talking about issues that matter to you. From Wall Street to Main Street, uh, from Washington, D.C. to Moscow, London, all over the world, we're talking about these issues. Uh, wherever you may live, we welcome you uh, and we thank you for joining us for this broadcast. Our website, MagellanShow.com. Remember, come December 1st, we will be having our 500th show. Our 500th show, December the 1st. And I hope and pray that we will be able to continue on with a, great, a greater fervor and, and, and a greater thrust than ever before. My ambition for 2016 is to get on, and I've said this before, to get on FM radio. And and I would hope that that some of you would would get behind that vision, that we could really go far and spread our message. Look, the message of liberty, freedom, the whole alternative media is is something that we need so desperately. You know, the mainstream media does not have very good approval right now. Uh, you know, their approval is lower than Congress right now. So think about that one. But we want to branch out. Look, we can get on. We can have, and I know a lot of you uh, listen online. That's great. But some of the stuff by FM radio. So this is how it works. We can get on in the Kansas City market for approximately $800 per month. That's what it would cost us to, to get uh, to get picked up. We've got the invitation. 
uh, and we would be uh, we would be picked up there, uh, and we would have a good slot too, you know, between uh, Infowars, uh, Alex Jones, and Dave Ramsey show. So that would be really good. So that's kind of every market is. But look at it this way: it, it, it would uh, once we get rolling, uh, we could really our message could really have have a powerful uh could really have a powerful impact as we could potentially reach millions and millions and millions of people and once we get the momentum going we wouldn't stop there because we have another uh radio station that would pick us up a little bit more expensive than than Kansas City but that would pick us up in the uh Southern California area uh Orange County that general area so a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities for the show because we're telling it like it is, but we're not just doing that. We're also talking about issues that don't just pertain to here at home, but also in the Middle East and elsewhere. That's why this is unique. Of course, we will always be available online, uh, even as we would add potentially FM radio stations. So just wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, maybe some of you would like to donate to that cause. Just click on the donate button, go to MagellanShow.com, you can do just that. Uh, and, uh, hey, you know, we'll see what happens. Also, remember, if you want to be a sponsor of our, of our program, uh, if you have a business, a ministry, uh, a product that you'd like to get out, email us, contact at MagellanShow.com. Again, it's contact at MagellanShow.com and inquire uh, if you want to learn more about, about how to sponsor and, and advertise and get connected with like-minded people. Okay, let's get back into the news right now, uh, and I want to look at, at a few other stories making headlines right now. Ben Carson is uh, doing well in the polls. Uh, he's not the only one, but he right now seems to be leading in some polls. Uh, now, the thing that's interesting about this is that you would think this would this would uh, how can I say this? You would think that, that that this would be a great thing for uh especially for those in the African American community. And it is, I believe, to to have a uh to have a conservative African American uh, running for president that could potentially be president. I mean, right now, uh he stacks higher than any of the other Republican candidates if the election were held today. Fifty percent versus Hillary's 40%. 50% No other presidential candidate within the Republican Party came did those kind of numbers. Maybe a 3, 4, 5% uh, lead over Hillary, but 10%. Uh, And, and and I'm not and I'm I'm not here, you know, necessarily saying, hey, you know, this is this is this is the the right candidate. All I'm saying is, is that I think that says something. But there was a Time magazine tweets this out uh, earlier today, just a little over an hour ago. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, for those of you who don't know Kareem, I'm sure you you do. He was the big uh, it was the big time basketball player for. Was it the Lakers, the L.A. Lakers, uh, and uh, was in some movies and, and stuff. And he says that Ben Carson is terrible for black Americans. That he's terrible for black Americans. That a Carson presidency would also be a direct attack on, on the health of African Americans. That a Carson presidency would also be a direct attack on the health of, of African Americans. Look, I'm not here at, to necessarily defend Carson, but to talk about a very issue here. And if you happen to be African American and you're listening right now and you want to to weigh in on this issue, uh, then I invite you to do that. Uh, you can press one to get in the queue if you want to, and uh, and we'll have a conversation about this. But, you know, Kareem is African-American, and he says that, that this will be bad. But why is it Why is it that an African-American owes his or her community to be a liberal? 
why can't there be a conservative? And let me ask you this question. He says that, that the presidency, the Carson presidency would be bad for, for, uh, for African-Americans and for the health of African-Americans. But let's look at it this way. Has the Obama administration, has the Obama administration been loyal to African-Americans? I know when he was elected, many people said, you know, okay, this is it, you know. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to fulfill the dreams of Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, but I don't think that that has happened. Are African Americans better off financially, or is there greater unemployment now? You say, oh, well, there's more social programs or whatever. But is there greater wealth right now? Are there are there more jobs? Is there uh, greater, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know? a greater sense of, uh, of racial reconciliation, all those things. But this idea, this idea that, uh, that an African-American has to be liberal or that the liberal uh, left-wing uh, Democratic Party, you know, has some kind of a hold, I don't think that's quite fair. I don't think that uh, African-Americans want to be as a majority. Now, I know you've got the liberals like, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that you know, are the ones that get on TV that want to say that. And let's say, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, this is the way it is. No, I, but I think it's majority. Actually, uh, I was talking with a listener that he, that listens quite regularly uh, out in the Carolinas, and you know, he said, look, he said, Magellan, this is true. He said, I appreciate what you're talking about. I appreciate your issues. I appreciate the fact that you're that you're. Uh, you know, you're zeroing on these issues and that you're not putting us all in a box. One of my African-American listeners, what he said, you know, the same goes true for women. Take Carly Fiorina, for example. Remember when Donald Trump had said that about her face and there was a big controversy over that? And then the ladies on The View, those brilliant ladies on The View, I apologize for my sarcasm there, but... But these brilliant ladies on The View were chastising Trump, had him call in and say, and they said, how dare you say what you said about Fiorina? And then, and then, they get on there, and this, this I don't even keep up with all their, their names now, because people don't stay on the show, they leave. I don't blame the ones that do leave. But this one gal, um, she's on The View, and she sits next, I think she sits next to Whippy Goldberg. And she was saying something like uh, that Carly Fiorina, her smile, something to that effect, looked demented, like she was crazy, and just kept pounding the issue. I mean, so much so that even CNN, who tends to be left-wing, uh, not like CNBC, or I'm sorry, MSNBC, even they were uh, were condemning this. I was watching... The CNN and Brooke Baldwin was on there and said, "Hey, you know this is this is a little over the top." But I believe that that Carly, though, you know, is saying, "Hey, you don't have if you are a um, just like Carson, who is an African American, doesn't have to be a liberal. That he has the right to be a conservative as an African American. I too, as a woman, have the right to be conservative. That I don't have to be a liberal. I don't." And she actually is going to be on The View. It's either today or tomorrow. Let's let's find out about that because uh, I'm just curious. Uh, see here. <laughs> okay, coming out of Fox News. The View tried to postpone Carly Fiorina's appearance. This this was just. I came out 21 hours ago on Fox News. Well, I bet they are because this lady, whether you whether you're going to vote for her or not, is uh, she's a fighter. She she's not intimidated uh, by uh, by by liberals, and she's. I mean, I you know I applaud her for for just how she's been strong in so many respects. And uh, and really has come out on right to life issues. Really has calling calling Planned Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, for what they really are. 
But from what we're hearing, they're they're trying to uh, trying to delay this whole thing. Just looking here, uh, they tried to reschedule her Friday appearance, so tomorrow, just days before it's set to take place. Uh, but as far as uh, everyone knows, it's still confirmed for Friday. Yeah, because I am sure that those women on The View are pretty nervous right now because I, I would imagine she's going to come out swinging, but doing it in a way that only she can, uh, you know, smooth, uh, yet uh, yet strong. And uh, so that'll be interesting uh, to see <laughs> see how all that turns out. All right, moving along here, uh, some other stories. This movie about Benghazi, 13 Hours is what it's called. Uh, it's going to be coming out uh, by Paramount Pictures. Uh, the trailer, uh, you can check out the trailer on YouTube. Check it out. I don't know how that will impact Hillary's uh, 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 presidential race. Uh, could be a negative uh, impact for her uh, as people begin to see, you know, the, the terrors of Benghazi and what happened to those poor people. Um, just looking at a couple other stories as we begin to wrap up the program today. Uh, he, uh, Kraft Heinz to close seven plants and cut 2,600 jobs. 2,600 jobs, according to Reuters. Uh, and where are they going? Where are they going? I believe they're going south of the border. And, you know, these were, uh, these were top-notch jobs. And high-paying jobs, many of them were. But, you know, greed sets in. You know, a lot of them were up there in the Chicago area, a lot of those plants. But greed sets in, and uh, many times they want to go to where they can make more money. Sad but true. That's what's happening. Uh, so much going on. Uh, check out our Twitter feed at Real Magellan to get all the latest stories. Lithuania bans GM uh, GM crops as biotech industry loses more ground. Uh, many many nations throughout Europe are banning GMO GMOs uh, and the crops. Uh, I wish we could do that here in in this country. Just hasn't happened yet, and I doubt it ever will. Uh, but who knows? Let's get a quick look at the markets. Uh, the uh, New York Stock Exchange right now. Let's see what's happening on Wall Street. And then we may look at precious metals as well. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average right now, just down a little bit. Stock's mostly lower. Dow Dow Jones Industrial Average, 17,838, down 29. The NASDAQ, 5118, down 24. The S&P 500, 2,097, down 5. Crude oil prices falling as as U.S. inventory build drags. Still in the uh, mid-upper 40s for oil and Brent. Uh, Natural gas uh, is up just a little bit. Checking out Monex for the latest quotes uh, for precious metals. Getting a live feed here. Gold is down three dollars to eleven oh seven. Silver down under fifteen dollars, technically under under fifteen. Fourteen ninety nine is where silver is at, down eight cents. One day we're gonna see silver go sky high, I believe. Fifteen bucks for silver. Wow. Platinum is down two to nine fifty five and palladium is down sharply, down twenty one to six zero eight. Let's look at some of your markets. What's the euro doing right now? Uh the euro dollar. Let's see where we're at on that one. Take a look at currencies right now, some of the main currencies. 
just waiting for a feed, uh, for a feed here. Uh, actually, the dollar is uh, still gaining strength. Uh, look at this: a dollar oh nine for a euro. That is really cheap. So, if you have anything you're buying in Europe, <laughs> this is a great time to do it. But then again, it's kind of no surprise when you see what's going on in Europe. Uh, we talked on Tuesday about about what's going on in Central and Western Europe. So far, uh, the Eastern European countries have remained strong and steadfast uh, and really pulling away in many respects from the uh, from some of the the influences of Central and Western Europe due to this uh, whole migrant crisis, which to a degree is somewhat of a crisis. It is a crisis, but for not the reasons that they want to say. Some have, have legitimate needs, I know. Some Syrians do, but there are many that are going into this thing uh, just trying to, uh, I mean, you have you have 75% of these are young men coming from all parts of the Middle East. Uh, that that are not being persecuted. I can tell you that. Oh, okay. Remember our playback number is seven one two seven seven five seven zero three nine. Access code three two seven seven five six pound. Always, uh, you can catch us on uh, ikecalls.com, uh, podbay.fm, iTunes. And MagellanShow.com. Our email address: contact at MagellanShow.com. If you want to stay in contact with us in any way, uh, don't forget click on the donate button on our website. Uh, we're moving close to our 500th show on the 1st of December. Who knows? Who knows what that show will be like? I hope it's a good one. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. I want to thank you for joining us. You guys are awesome. You make the show. You really do. So go with God, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, and uh, have a great weekend as well. We'll be back here on Tuesday for another edition of the Magellan Show. And Tuesday night, don't forget, is the, uh, the I believe the Republican debate uh, over in uh, Wisconsin. But they'll be broadcasting on Fox Business Network. And we'll be talking about the debates uh, as uh, as they uh, will be happening that night. We'll talk about it on Tuesday morning's broadcast a little bit and go from there. Have a great day. This is Magellan signing off. Bye-bye for now.